Hello, I am the Reverend Canon Shannon McCauley, and I am so excited to begin ministry with you, even if it is from afar for now. Although I'm not sure that this is all that close, but uh, we'll get there. Um, for the last 11 years, I have served with the amazing people of St. Edwards in Silverton, a small and mighty congregation east of Salem. We defied the odds, making faithful jumps like closing and reopening our church and changing the law so we could build tiny homes for homeless women. It was a breathless journey of doing big things while staying small in number. And still, when Nathan invited me to be the canon for Cathedral Life, I went first to surprised and then to delight. And ever since then, I've been going back and forth between surprise and delight. I see a little of that surprise and disbelief when Nathaniel meets Jesus. It is the early part of Jesus's ministry when he is going around preaching and people are starting to follow. He calls Philip and Philip finds Nathaniel. Philip tells Nathaniel, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. But Nathan, Nathaniel is suspicious. He's heard of Nazareth. He knows what that means. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He asks. Philip says, come and see. And when he does, when Nathaniel meets Jesus, Jesus proclaims, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel is puzzled. Where did you get to know me? He asks. Who, me? Right? Imagine Jesus rings you up on a Thursday afternoon. What would you say? This is who? Jesus who? Wrong number, right? Except you and I were Christians, so maybe there'd be some hesitation. Jesus, you say? The last two weeks have felt crazy, even in the midst of a crazy time that we've been living in. About a month ago, my middle son asked if there, if there was a pandemic when I was a kid. I think he was hoping that I'd have some lived experience, some wisdom, some reassurance that when we went through it, it all worked out fine. It was strange to be sorry that I hadn't lived through a pandemic before, but the best I could do was assure him that in fact we will be okay, and we will. It will be different in ways that I can't imagine, but we will find a new normal. It's uncomfortable and hard, but sometimes we need that kind of distraction for amazing things to be born, right? And then on Epiphany, a busy day when I had stuff to get done, some so-called Christian nationalists, people waving my flag and claiming they were acting on my God's behalf, attacked the Capitol. It was big and crazy and scary. All day I was paralyzed, glued to the TV, worried about the people who make the federal government work and about what this means for our democracy. This happens in the world all the time. There's always unrest somewhere, but not here, not in the United States, not in my lifetime anyway. Jesus lived in the back then time when narcissist rulers did what they wanted, when they wanted, with little permission or explanation. 
Shortly after Jesus was born, Herod killed all the firstborn sons for fear of the prophecy about a future king. And tax collectors were known to shake people down for an extra coin or two. And the religious elite castigated people for behaviors and illnesses that they couldn't control. It was normal. It was their normal. This was what the world looked like. We can get used to a lot of things, and even when there are people oppressed and treated unjustly, there is little incentive for people who are doing okay to change things. It is the normal that we live with. It is a lot easier to hashtag than it is to protest, and protesting is easier still than to keep on pushing until justice prevails. This weekend, we celebrate and remember Martin Luther King Jr. He gave everything he had, risked and gave his life so that the world would become more just. Normal in Dr. King's time was the legalized oppression of black people, where black people and white people were separate and in no way equal. Normal in his time was a world that limited people by the color of their skin. He fought for a world that we haven't quite gotten to yet, didn't he? The thing about privilege is that by its very nature, it's hard, for, hard to see for those of us who have it. When we have privilege, normal is good enough. But the oppressed feel the unfairness and brokenness of a system. When we are oppressed, normal is not good enough. Jesus, son of God, could have been a man with great privilege. Jesus chose to see and feel the pain of others. He gave the oppressed the dignity of looking them in the face. He touched the untouchable. He protected the most vulnerable and demanded and demands that we do the same. He helped the sick. He spoke truth to authority and relocated power where it properly belonged, in God. Jesus died to make it right, and 2,000 years later, it's amazing how much the world has changed and how much the problems are still the same. Jesus called together a team and helped them to see what he saw and sent them out to do the work that he did. He called Andrew and Peter and Philip and Mary and Nathaniel. And each of them in their own way were probably surprised and maybe delighted, but willing. Together they fought for peace, for the peace that passes all understanding, for peace that is brought by sac sacrifice, struggle, blood, and sweat. Not the peace of harps and cherubs and clouds, but the peace of dignity and love and power being, in the in the, being seated in the place it belongs, not in the banks or in the capital, but in the heart of God. In the last year, we have seen the world gripped by a global pandemic. So many of our routines and daily lives have been upended in an effort to keep people safe. Working and schooling from home, takeout, no gyms or church. Life is so different for so many of us. This pandemic has been disproportionately borne by our black and brown siblings, physically and economically. And still we have seen them in the streets day after day, night after night, willing to fight and die because they are done 
done being oppressed and killed by our government. When I feel myself longing for normal, and I do, I remember that I have enough privilege for life to be pretty comfortable most of the time. I have to choose to see the inequity where many of my brothers and sisters in Christ live it every day. But Jesus chose to see the oppressed, to see them and know them and to call them by name as followers of Christ and as followers of Christ. We must do the same. Jesus died for a world that we haven't quite gotten to yet. As the vaccines start going out and it seems like we are about to have a handle on corona, let's take these next days and weeks to rethink normal. If normal is kids being back in school, and boy, am I longing for that. How do we do that in a way that offers quality education for all kids, regardless of ethnicity, class, ability, gender, or location? If normal is most of us going back to work, Let's honor the essential personnel who keep the civilization going by making sure that they are paid appropriately and protected from the virus. As we are teetering on the cusp of getting back to normal, how can we change our systems so that we don't return to how things were, but create a better world like the kind Dr. King dreamt for us? Jesus is calling. He is gathering regular people, nobodies, to do the work of the kingdom. Maybe you're surprised and hopefully delighted because it will take almost all of us to make this broken, unjust world into the kingdom God calls us into. It's hard and will require intention and vision and heavy lifting and means that we will be following a guy who dies unjustly to save us all. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling you. You. Will you run like Jonah? Will you question like Nathaniel? Will you invite like Philip or proclaim like Mary? Jesus is calling. What do you say? <laughs>